0: The
1: following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the
2: Dallas Cowboys football club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin Cowboys,
1: streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters at the Star in Frisco. and he bangs it into
2: the touchdown.
1: And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback.
2: Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans.
1: It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company as we are live from Black Rifle Coffee in North Frisco, Talking Cowboys on the road Mm -hmm. today as we break down, of course, what happened on Sunday with the Dallas Cowboys and what's coming up in Week 10. Alongside John Machoda, we've got Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back, and Kyle Yeomans. Everybody is here. We are... Are on site. It's a little bit different this time around, John. But you've got the fireplace behind you. You got the 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 smell of medium roast in the air. It's the perfect way to start the morning, right?
3: I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, not to yeah. Sorry, we for you. Do you want me to lie?
1: Yeah, I want you to lie.
3: No, I uh,
4: no. Good
1: to be here. <laughs> good to be here. Isaiah, I'm happy going to on? be
4: here. You know, I've been sh- shooting out Black Rifle Coffee Company for a minute now. So uh, you got all the RTG, all the RTDs in, in person. We got the brew right there. We got the brew crew. We got a big fella back there, you know, making it happen. So I'm happy. I, now, I am a little confused as to why John and I are sitting next to each other with the, <laughs> with the nice little little fire behind
0: us. We're going to ask Beamer about that one, but I'll pass it to Nick. <laughs> no, it's good to be here. This is a quicker drive for me this morning, so I got like 10 <laughs> extra minutes, and it was great.
1: A little bit <laughs> closer than what the star brings for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a little extra fuel to go with it as yep. well. I've got my coffee on the way. Mm. Really excited about that. We've got the the, the drip. Do you, do you even know what the the like drip coffee is? Because you're I, yeah, not a coffee. Yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. you know of it. So yeah, that's yeah. that's good. You've got the America's <laughs> Team blend in front of us, which is available. I know they're on the shelves right over there too. But they're I'm getting, flying I'm walking out with a T-shirt. The, you're walking out with a it. T-shirt? I'm they a got merchandise it. here, too. Yeah, but I'm, I'm walking out with a T-shirt today. I'm a rep. Okay. Absolutely. Rep some Black Rifle coffee. They do a great job in the community. Plus, they've got their Frisco Grand Opening. This is the soft opening of the North Frisco store, okay. but they have a grand opening on saturday doors open at 5 a.m it's a coffee shop so starts early early, right gotta get here early the first 50 in-store customers receive a free 20 ounce yeti tumbler i feel like we should count as the first 50 i mean mean, we're here right right now i feel like
4: but you know i don't mind getting here early i I do 5 a.m
1: yeah yeah if you didn't want just the tumbler you get a free batch brew coffee for an entire year oh wow yeah for a whole You gotta year. To be camping so, out at
0: like 3 a.m. though. You know it's gonna be popping. See, so, you no. Know, what, what happens <laughs> is you got. It's
4: all about smoking distractions. You know what I'm saying? You gotta yeah. be like, oh, look at that! And somebody <laughs> turns around and you just slide right in the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't move me. Right. I'm too big. Right.
1: <laughs> to, right. you don't know who's going to be showing it's up here right. i might not want to mess up yeah <laughs> i was about to say you might not want to mess Let's around, around box with it out. but the the address sixteen five nine nine farm to market road fm 423 here in frisco texas 5 a.m doors open charlotte jones will be here on saturday the dallas cowboys cheerleaders will be here rowdy will be here it's going to be a whole lot of fun but john we've got to get your thoughts first time you're on the show since you arrived back in dallas from philadelphia 28-23, final score of the Eagles over the Cowboys. What are your thoughts from Sunday night?
3: So for me, um, going into the game, I thought that there was a chance that they could lose by multiple touchdowns. And the way the game started, um, I thought it could have been headed in that direction. So I was, in, I was impressed on how when they came out and got went three and out, Philly scores, but then to the answer the way that they did, I was, I was genuinely impressed with that and kind of it set the tone like, hey, this isn't going to be uh, some type of a San Francisco part two. Um, but then the third quarter happens, and you're just like, yeah, this could this could get out of control. Uh, I didn't think the defense played well enough. I mean, that's, you know, how many times have we talked about them being the strength of the team? Defense had to play great, needed the defense to show up, and they didn't in that third quarter. But then they do in the fourth. I mean, just the ups and downs of that game uh, were wild. And then to even get the chance to, to steal it in the end, um, it, it was stunning. And, and, and I will say this, going in the locker room, I didn't really know what to expect. But it certainly was a more positive locker room than I can remember after any loss. <laughs> I, I, I literally, there isn't even like a comparison. I can't even think of a rival to it in my time covering this team. And so maybe that's a good sign, you know, maybe that they feel like that this is a building block and, and um, they can take this in a positive direction. Uh, the, the issue is that now you're two and a half games back at the Eagles. And this is a team that really needs to win the division with how they played at home. Um, You don't want to be going into this as a a wild card and having to play on the road all the time. And so uh, they got some catching up to do now. I mean, I certainly think when they rematch against the Eagles, that's a must win. They have to have that game. Um, But there were a lot of good things to take out of this game, obviously, with number one being Dak Prescott.
1: I'm going to sound like a therapist, and it's not just because of the coffee and the fire behind me, and we're (laughs) leaning back in these nice leather chairs. We're
3: we're here
4: for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to ask Isaiah, Isaiah. How does that make you feel from a player, former player standpoint, whenever following a loss, there is some positivity around it? I know we talked about it yesterday. There are positives you can take from it and build from in that game, but we've talked about moral victories. We've talked about the, the some of those things you can rest your laurels yeah. on. It, does that make you feel confident in the way this team is moving in the right direction, or is that something that could maybe come up in the future?
4: I think that is realistic. You know, everybody, I mean, yeah, there's no moral victories, but there is – FACTS AND THE FACTS ARE Earlier in the season, when you got your butt kicked by San Francisco, mm-hmm. the gap between you and the, the teams that are on that level of competition was vast. It was it was a freaking, you know, it was an ocean, right? Yeah. In between, you know, in between you and them. And now, all of a sudden, you play the Eagles, and now you recognize that it's not that large of a gap anymore. Um, and you know, you hear people say, "Well, I could play with these guys." That's not what you want to say. You know that you could play with these guys, but you didn't recognize that. Hey, we're that we're just that close to winning the game. And now you know. And now you know exactly what issues they present to you. Now you know, instead of just going off of, you know, the analytics, instead of just going off of, you know, the rosters, now you know for sure where your where your problem spots are, and you can address those via film. And when, now that you can address those via film, you go out there, you can correct these issues over the next few weeks, right? And you, take, you have some tough opponents following that, and then you get to face the Eagles again, and then guess what? You get a chance for redemption. So I think it is awesome, and from that regard, like I said, like we said yesterday, the only thing that sucks is you're two and a half games back. So now you've got to try mm-hmm. to play catch-up, and you're kind of hoping that they, that they stumble along
3: the way in the middle of their season. One other takeaway I wanted to share. I know that this has been a pretty notable NFL story, so I'm not breaking any news here, but it was wild being there. And seeing how their head coach and quarterback are handling his knee injury. Like, just how secretive they're being about it. It is so strange. Um, He clearly was injured at the end of the first half. And and just, like, you didn't expect questions about this. I mean, there was some Marcus Mariota was was warming up on the sideline. And the (laughs) way that they're just keeping that under wraps, it just makes me wonder, like, how significant is this? But then the other part of it is, is like, he's not on the injury report. Yeah. yeah that whole thing is is kind of kind of wild to me the way that, that that's going down. Who knows how significant it is obviously he, he played well so he's able to play through it. but is that something that they're they have a their toughest part of their schedule coming up. How is he going make his make his way through that? Obviously they can sit there and say publicly what they want, but i don't understand how you're in if you're playing the Eagles how you're not trying to put big time shots on, on Jalen hurts right now because it does look like just the wrong tackle type thing like that i mean I didn't even think the way Micah tackled him that it was mm-hmm. any type of, you know, thing that would lead to an injury or. or anything it was D law. Like it was D law. Fell on his knee.
1: That first that first, first half. half.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was one yeah. when when Micah like kind of you know. Honestly, I thought he, like, went and set him down nicely and uh, and in just the way that he just didn't seem, like, 100% right. So just something to monitor going forward. But, again, just because how secretive they're being about it, it's weird.
0: Two piggybacks off that one. You could see on the TV copy right after that uh, tackle late in the first half, it's like his left leg is, like, shaking as he's yeah. getting up. And I was I, I told Patrick Walker next to me, I was like, oh, he's done. And then he comes right back out for the next drive. I'm like, all right. So. Well, hey, they
1: yep. did a great job,
3: too, building up the hype after Absolutely. halftime. Yes, they did. when they came out, Um, He was one of the last people to come out of the locker room. And Mariota had his helmet on and was throwing. So, I mean, you're sitting there like, are they really about to... Is he he not? And then all of a sudden he comes out, grabs his helmet at the last minute, goes back on. So it's almost like they're playing up to it a little bit too. It's something interesting to watch.
1: Well, and we were talking about it on the TV copy as well. He goes in early at halftime. And, of course, if you're just... Just watching the game casually, you're like, oh, my gosh, he's hurt. He's going into the locker room. Yeah. He's going into the halftime. They weren't going back out on offense, and he's getting treatment to begin the second half and try and get an early start on treatment. But you need the treatment for an injury normally. <laughs> and uh, we we were even doing our prep for post game, and I write the mm-hmm. postgame highlight reel, and I put together plays as the game goes along, and there are some that I put in there and I take out. One of the plays I put in there was the D-Law sack right at the end of the second quarter, and the way he got up and the way he kind of hobbled to the sideline, he continued through the the second quarter, and then once, of course, they had the punt, went into the locker room, I was like, okay, I'm going to put this in the highlight reel, because if he comes out and he doesn't look good, or if he doesn't play, then it's a significant storyline coming into the third quarter, he comes out and they drive right down the field. I I texted our producer. I said, yeah, he's fine. I was like, I'm going to take that one out, that play out of it. But that's that's kind of speaking to what you're talking about, how how played up it was to the point where now it's a complete non-factor. It, it is kind of an interesting deal. And, I mean, if you withhold injuries off of an injury report, that would be
3: p- possible draft picks. Fine. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, sure exactly what it would be, but yeah. the other thing I wanted to mention off of it, too, is and, and maybe just watching more of that game than a lot of the other ones, but the key to the brotherly shove is Kelsey. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, point oh, and the guards as well. As soon as they snap the ball, it's like he's already leaning in. And you look at like when the Cowboys tried to run it, one of th- those times, Dak is beyond the oddish. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you watch the Eagles run it, there is always a push up front. There is always like immediately. So my whole thing is, I would like to see how it looks if uh, Kelsey wasn't out there. I bet you it doesn't have the success it does without him.
2: Hmm.
1: What do you think, Isaiah, whenever you look at something like that?
3: I think it's as successful with or
4: without Kelsey. I think the guards are the main guys that, that really kind of spearhead it, literally spearhead <laughs> it, because they're in a four-point stance. Kelsey has to be in a three-point because you just, you know, you know snap the ball. Um, but those guys are in a four-point stance, and as soon as the ball is snapped, they literally just shoot. They shoot right down um, and pretty much clear out the way for Kelsey. Um, And so that – between the three of those guys, there's no way to stop that thing. I mean, if somebody stopped it, what, once this year, I think? um, But the chances are slim to none.
1: Well, it was Washington who stopped it, and then the very next time they turned around and ran it, they – flipped it out and it was a fake brotherly shove and then they ran That's it you know. into the end zone with DeAndre Swift so plenty to talk about from this Eagles game I'm going to get into the defense in the next segment before we do that Nick do we have any news and notes to hit from yesterday hearing from coordinators Mike McCarthy etc
0: yeah we'll start with uh, something we didn't really get to touch on a whole lot yesterday with Martavis Bryant coming in today mm-hmm. this morning for the workout should be happening right as we speak right now um, Stephen Jones talked about it yesterday Mike McCarthy spoke a little bit about it but it uh, looked like it was an evaluation from Will McClay and his staff based on what he did in the XFL with the Vegas Vipers. Uh, not a lot of production. I, I believe it was 18 receptions for 154 yards this past spring season and eight games with the Vipers. So bringing him in today for a workout, he's at 32 years old, hasn't played in the league in five years. So not sure th- it, what the level of expectation should be, but it's something that's happening, and there's an open practice spot available for him. If he does end up uh, uh, wanting to be signed by the staff, if he doesn't, then he'll head to Tennessee and, and work out for the Titans.
1: We talked a little bit yesterday about Michael Gallup along with uh, Brandon Cooks and kind of the inability to get those weapons involved. It's mostly for a practice squad spot that they're trying Bryant out for. So it's in terms of the grand scheme of this offense, it doesn't shake things up significantly. But does that tell you anything about what they're trying to do from an offensive standpoint, trying to find some weapons and work guys out?
3: I mean, listening to Jerry this morning, I thought it was interesting. He mentioned two different times that they have this receiver coming in that they're going to work out they have workouts all the time he never talks about that for him to mention it multiple times I did think that that was interesting uh so it made me think that yeah there must be some genuine interest in in potentially adding him to the mix um I mean yeah I guess I guess it could help but I don't know how he's going to bring anything more to the table than what they already have like how is he going to bring more than what they have in Tolbert you have Brandon Cooks who's coming off of getting targeted only twice I don't know how All of a sudden, a guy that was playing for the Vegas Vipers, (laughs) um, which I just learned that team name right now, (laughs) um, (laughs) is going to come in here mid-season and then be like a major factor for this team uh, just because another factor in that for me is just I kind of thought the way that T.Y. Hilton started when they first added him that it was going to be a bigger factor as the season went on. You know, he had that big catch against the Eagles, Mm -hmm. and that kind of just kind of faded out, you know, and I, I just... I would be very surprised if at, any, at anybody at this point that is going to make this this notable addition to the offense. I think that they're pretty much when they didn't make a move at the trade deadline they were their hand was was shown it was going to be what they have right now
1: you took a page right out of the next question it was are they trying to find ty hilton is that what they're trying to find just somebody to make an impact like that maybe from a veteran standpoint maybe from a locker room standpoint because i say i know you liked what he brought to the table last year not necessarily from a production standpoint but what he did outside of the field you talking about ty ty
4: oh yeah ty was a dude i mean i mean obviously he had to play against philly but he was, open. he was open a lot <laughs> he just didn't get the ball. So it's kind of like Brandon Cooks this year. <laughs> Brandon Cooks is open a lot. He's just not getting the ball. Uh, so you're going to control what you can control from that position. But to you guys' point, I don't see them. If they do if they do sign uh, Brian, I don't think that he comes in and has a major impact. Uh, if he didn't make have a major impact in the XFL, I can't see him doing it in the NFL. Yeah,
0: yeah he was drafted by Pittsburgh, spent three seasons there, uh, traded to Oakland, spent a season there before getting suspended for a year. Uh, ended up getting suspended for uh, indefinite amount of time. That eventually ended this past Saturday. He spent time in the CFL uh, and then obviously the XFL. He never played the CFL because he kept getting suspended in the CFL too. Mm. But and then now he's in the XFL. But I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll we'll see. We'll see what comes out of this. I think if he signed today then there's probably a lot more questions that come on the backside of it of, you know, what has he done in the last couple of years to tell
3: you that he's not going to be suspended again. So I'm trying to think like who they've added, like a mid season type thing like that. That's had like the biggest impact in the last like 10 plus years.
0: Was Greg Hardy a mid season?
3: No, he wasn't. Okay. Okay. Even that, I think maybe that was more of a negative impact. Yeah. Yeah. If
1: anything.
0: Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah. I maintain that's the worst Cowboys move of the last decade. Um, I mean, they, they obviously they trade for Hankins last year. You yeah. know, he's he's helped in the run defense. But I just think of like you know, like Michael Bennett and some of these other moves that they've yeah. made. Like I don't know, there's just something about midseason like that. I, yeah. I, there's hope that you know that this can be something. But you're probably going to roll with the guys that you've had. Going all the way back to OTAs, yeah. mini camp. Yeah.
0: I thought you were talking more like mid-season character guys, where it was Uh-oh. like, oh, like, do we really want to throw him in the locker room yeah. in the middle of the point. season? No, no. That is like, a good hey, point. No.
3: Mid-season? no, no, no. no, no. no I, not, meant... I was not speaking him on like a positive impact. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. I thought I, I was just. I meant like just in general, of, like yeah. making a move that like, hey, this could.
1: Well, if you're I mean, talking trade, Amari Cooper, Cooper yeah. 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 I mean, if you're talking trade-wise, there was an impact there. But in terms of a signing off of the street, I don't see any impact. So if you
3: give up a first-round pick and you can get mid-season <laughs> improvement right?
1: hey there was mid-season improvement there
3: yeah no absolutely. but then you didn't have your first round pick. yeah i mean, you didn't have that. So,
1: but. what do you feel like major Payne would say about adding a, a guy like bryant isaiah <laughs> what do you feel like you would say i
4: think major Payne is probably the only person i can get him right yeah we'll so leave it at that
0: <laughs> anything else um yeah there was one uh there was a tweet that i put out yesterday and i Honestly, didn't expect it to get as much traction as it did. It was more so just kind of highlighting the inconsistencies on the offensive line this season. No, John know exactly probably knows what idea. I'm talking about already. <laughs> um, I just kind of highlighted the, the total pressures that have been allowed by uh, Dallas Cowboys offensive linemen this season. And I put all five starters and then Chumi Doga just because he's gotten so much time as well. So we'll run through the list here. Tyler Smith, Four. Only four pressures That's allowed awesome. all season. He's on an all-pro pace. I think we can all agree to that. Tyron Smith, five. Whenever he's been healthy, he's been super awesome. Zach Martin, 13. Tyler Biotish, 14. Chuma Idoga, 11. And Terrence Steele, 28, Mm. including 12 versus Philadelphia. Uh, He had 12 versus Philadelphia and nine versus the Niners. Those combined are more than any other guy on this list for the season. So, um, yeah, got a lot of traction, a lot of people kind of highlighting Steele in that moment, which, you know, I would have – it's very just. Um, And there was a question asked yesterday to to Mike McCarthy, you know, is, is Steele still the same uh, post injury, as he was pre-injury, and he's like, like, you shooter. know, it's still he's still going to have to like ramp up and you know get used to being back on the field in the full full capacity. So, I, I get that's the first time I've kind of heard concern post injury from Terrence Steele from anybody. Um, where's where's y'all's confidence level in Terrence Steele, and especially given that they just paid him this offseason, season too?
3: That, that's the biggest one is that they just it's paid. the pay. It's, it's there's, the there's pay. Some Jalen Smith there. Yeah, there's some Jalen Smith. You know, if, if it's going to be because they just paid him, but. Yeah. I maintain that as much as, you know, we'll spend time on the draft and, and, and all that going into it, like, my leader in the clubhouse by far is them drafting the offensive lineman in the first yeah. round. Yep. So I'm with you. I don't know how that impacts, you know, steel and everything like that, and obviously he needs to play better, um, but... That was probably the one area on the team where I was like, you know, and and, and he obviously stood out in, yeah. in terms of it. It, did, it. They just had to be better late in that game. And if they were, if they were just if he just would have been solid in that, then I think the Cowboys win that game. So I, I totally understand why, why people are uh, pointing to that um, after the game for sure. But uh, because of the contract, I don't see where you'd be going in another direction. Yeah.
4: I like T. Still. Yeah. I mean, I think he's having a little bit of a rough spell, but I like T. Still. I think he's a fighter. He's probably the... The one dude, if I had to ask anybody on this offensive line to go into a go into a uh, uh, alley with T. still would be one of those guys. You know, if not the, him and probably Tyler Smith, um, he's struggling. He's struggling, but he's also facing some of the best dudes in this doggone league. So, I mean, take give you know taking give give and take, however you want to look at it, that situation. You know, yeah, you, he got paid, so if people have a level of expectation that comes with that. I understand that, but he's also coming off a of freaking ACL. You know, so.
1: nine pressures against san francisco the 12 pressures against philly when you're an opponent and you see a weak link you normally try and attack it is he the weak link on this offensive line to the point where i think the pressure speak that it is because honestly one of the other things that stood out to me about the tweet that nick put out there was the fact that zach martin has 13 pressures or 12 what was it 13 pressures Tyler Biotish has 14, so they're right there neck and neck in terms of pressures on the interior. Now, interior pressures are not equal to tackle pressures. We talked about that before. Correct. It's not the same. Correct. But whenever you have 28 pressures and there's that much of a discrepancy, especially over two games against the best two teams in the NFC, I, I think there is a, a factor there that needs to be talked about as him being the weak link, because if they're the best teams in the NFC, they're going to use their strength against your weak point. And if they're, the weak point is a total of 21 pressures allowed in two games, then that's something I think of Who are the two guys concerned? that
4: he had to go against?
1: Of, of course, it's Bosa, Graham, mixture of all those My guys. Class. He'll see Chase Young at some point down the line. Yeah,
4: yeah. so you're getting yeah. literally the NFL's best. Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that it's okay for him to not be successful against that, but you're getting... Bosa, you know, had a part in that. You're getting sweat. Sure, had a part in that. Brandon Graham, he's been sacking people for a living his entire career. So, yeah, he has to do better. Absolutely, has to do better. But I don't. I would not put him as the weak, weakest link on yeah. this on this team right now. There's, that's not the guy. He's the guy. Has on an island. Now, tackles are on islands. We all understand that, right? So they don't have. They lose if they misstep at all. They get beat. They have one misstep they if they have one error in their blocking technique they get beat interior lineman not so much right you got
1: help but yeah. even even tyron smith and chuma adoga who have played the same competition that terrence Steele has played have combined for less pressures by a significant margin over what terrence Steele has put out there
4: i hear you it just, again it comes down to matchups it really just comes down to matchups. i mean you could look at the analytics all day long and just say yeah his numbers are way higher but you have to look at who they're facing as well, right? Yeah. Tyron Smith's been out there for, you know, a couple sneezes. And, you know, uh, Chuma Adoga the same thing, right? Those guys haven't had the amount of reps. Terrence Hill hasn't came off the field.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, know <laughs> we I, I know we
0: haven't. Um, I know we haven't. I know we've talked about internal pressures being different than the tackles. Mm-hmm. But look at what the interior guys have faced this year, too. Look at Tyler Smith. Four mm-hmm. pressures allowed. That's going up against Dexter no, Lawrence. Sure. That's going up against, uh, I don't know, rattle off a lot of the defensive tackles yeah. that this team has yeah. faced the, all season. The whole right really side strong. is getting beat
4: up right now. For sure. The left, Zach Martin. the left
0: side is the strong yeah, side. Facts. and it's, yeah. it's by a healthy margin. Um, I, I think there has to be some sort of there has to be some sort of improvement from T-Steel. If we look up in five, six weeks and th- this trend is still happening with Steel, I think that's when you look up and you're like, all right, Chuma, yep. you've done a good job filling in at left tackle. Let's look at Tyrant at right tackle, but I don't want to get ahead of myself there. But I think yeah. those are just conversations at a certain point. I don't think it's just right now. I think there's still time for T-Steel to be able to pick it up. Yeah. There's three really good opportunities coming up against weak defensive lines. So we'll, we'll see. I think we, we gave we – gave
4: Michael Gallup two years before we started saying, uh, maybe his knee's not right. Maybe
1: not. You know what i saying?
3: You know, Terrence Steele, we're eight games into it. Yeah, but, but I mean, you bring up Gallup. I mean, the elephant in the room is, when they've given these, given guys new contracts, it's bad. Yeah, it's absolutely. Bad. Like, it's but not just that, but I mean, I'm talking look at the, like the last guys they've given new contracts to. I mean, you're talking about like Lyle Collins, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Smith, Michael Gallup, Terrence Steele. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of completely understanding why you'd want to resign those players. There's no, like, questioning any of that. But it's like, I don't know if it's bad luck or what, but it's just one of those, man, it's rough. Your guy always used to, uh, Belichick, would move move away from guys before he got time to pay him and stuff like that. And that's obviously tough to do because you have to draft. You have to be excellent drafting. Obviously, the Cowboys have been very good at drafting. But it's just so interesting how... It was like so many of these guys, it's made sense. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's the next guy to give a contract to. And it just hasn't yeah. lived up since they've gotten paid so many times.
1: We have to take our first break. We went a little bit over. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, I want to talk to, about the defensive side of the ball. I want to talk about what we've seen from this team over these last few weeks. The offense building in the right direction. Where is the defense heading? When we come back live from Black Rifle Coffee in North Frisco.
2: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today.
1: Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term rowdy replay. Let's roll back the tape.
2: Okay, there's our mascot,
1: Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital
4: tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at
1: bankofamerica.com slash banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC.
4: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Peppers.
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys live from Black Rifle Coffee Company in North Frisco off of FM 423. John Machoda, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris. We have Chris Beam in the back. We have Jasmine Marshall back in studio running everything from the mothership. She will also get storylines with Nick Eatman going at 10 a.m. as well from Inside the Star in Frisco. Got a couple people hanging out. We've got, of course, our great baristas in the back making some fire drinks. I just got mine in the break, Isaiah. You got yours? Okay. Yeah,
0: they're whipping me up something with cayenne pepper on top. Uh, so it's, we're, we're, we're going to try some wild stuff Getting here.
1: spicy. Yeah. Okay. You know I me? Mean? Yeah, it's the, it's the, the, the fireplace it's behind you. <laughs> We've got Augustine in the building as well. Just showed up in the middle of the break and hanging out for uh, the next couple segments. But we talked in that first break about the offense. We talked a lot yesterday about the offense it's headed in the right direction. There's lots of growth on that side of the football. Defensively, have you seen a match of that energy, John, when you're watching this team? Because depending on who you ask after the 28-23 the loss to Philly, some would say, of course, the, the offense is, is to blame, the defense is to blame, everybody's to blame, who knows. Where would you see the defense and evaluate the defense over these last three weeks? Since giving up forty two to San Francisco
3: I mean, I think that they 've played pretty well. If you can take yeah. that third quarter away against the Eagles, they look they look like they 're supposed to look i mean that is this, you know, that is the strength of this team it's a good so point. Um, and I did think that they played well enough for them to win the game in the fourth quarter. They came up with the stops. The thing that that really hurt them is that they were able to get the ball out, but they just weren 't able to recover the ball uh, against the Eagles. you know that was the thing like, I really felt for them to win that game they probably were going to have to win that turnover battle because that's such a big part of what they do you know it's been such a big part of their identity the last couple of years and for them uh not to win that 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 was a big um that was a big issue in that game but I guess I guess you could maybe want to see some more pressures I I, I don't know like I I don't really have a lot of strong criticism of of the defense I I will say after the third quarter I did think my game story was going to be about the defense not playing well enough but it's hard to sit there and not Give them their props for that fourth quarter because it's not a game if they don't if they don't step up as well. So yeah. um, they can play better, but I, I don't sit there and look at them it's like, oh, this is all of a sudden an issue. It's not as good as we thought it was or anything like that.
4: Yeah, yeah it's surprising because coming into this game, Dallas was zero and two when they lost the turnover margin, um, and then they were five and zero when they tied or <clears throat> or won the turnover margin. So this is their first loss, tying on the turnover margin. But you can't. This team. Needs to be grateful whenever you have turnovers, but you can't say, "Oh, we can we only can win games when we get turnovers, right?" It's just it was one heck of a game. It's just flat out. I just it was, like the Eagles
3: are a better team. That's so oh, that's what that, it was. You got to have something that you know that kind of tips it. Tips the skill. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And they put the ball on the ground three
4: times. You didn't come away with any of them. The ball just didn't bounce your way. Sometimes you know there's games where it's just like, dude, I, we can't. We can't we can't win for losing you know and it's just like it was one of those games where the ball just would not go your way they weren't putting it in the air to, to have any errors in that regard deron bland didn't have any opportunities to have any pick sixes so it's just you know they took the l um you know hopefully they can force them next time can i get your thoughts real quick on this
1: being? is this the cayenne the
0: cayenne drink? i'll let y'all know when i get ever get down to the cayenne to get down to the but so far so good Appreciate is it is it frozen the,
2: is it it's frozen iced. or is it it's iced? It's just iced. It's just oh, iced. It's got whipped cream yeah, on top. Yeah, ice though. with whipped
0: cream on top. This is honestly some good stuff. With some great it stuff. It looks delicious. Yeah. But it it was You are just going to see me like I am every morning just drinking a drink. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah, normally you have I'm just the, 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 drink the protein guy on the shake. Show. I'm just like the token drink guy on the show right <laughs> now.
4: right now. He gets whipped cream on his lips. I'm not telling him. And I'm not telling them at all. <laughs> I don't think that That's, That's how I know you're a
0: fake friend. That's how I know you're a fake friend. <laughs> who do, who needs friends when you got <laughs> when you got Isaiah hater on? there? John's <laughs> gonna
4: be sitting there looking at you like. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you. You're Thank, good. you John. You're good. I Thank you, John. Thank goodness. Oh, heartily. Uh, really I, quick on the defense. <laughs>
1: this is uh, don't try and change the subject.
0: <laughs> <laughs> two things that uh, I highlighted from the defense. You were talking about the turnover margin, obviously. Big deal. Uh, second time this year that uh, they haven't been able to generate a turnover in their own two in those games. Yeah. The big thing for me, six games in a row, they've allowed points on the first possession. They've got to be able to come out the gates a little bit harder. And when you look at the, the losses that they've suffered in those six games and how critical those first drives were to not only setting momentum for the opposing offense, but also just kind of like putting the offense behind, it's, it's, it's been really bad. So – um, you know, it hurt them really bad against San Francisco, hurt them against Arizona. Um, I'm trying to think of some other games as well. A, a Chargers game, it had them playing from behind. Yeah. You know, you take out that opening drive touchdown, that's probably a much more wider margin down late late in the game. And obviously uh, on, on Sunday night, and not only on Sunday night against Philly was it The first half, it was the second half, you know, coming out and allowing those back to back touchdown drives out of the break. And they got to be able to pick up momentum off off rip a little bit better. Um, That's that's the biggest knock I have on this off on this defense right now.
1: It's one thing to say you have to get off to a better start. You have to play better from the jump and and get off to a hot start. But when you say that, Nick, where where do you start? How do you how do you get to that point And, and who on that defense needs to step up and make a play? Or is it different every time?
0: I, I think it's different every time. It's a unit thing. You know, it's it's a whole I guess it would have to be communication just all yeah. the way around. So whoever's wearing that green dot, you know, that's the guy that's that's gonna be maintaining um uh, momentum in those situations and being able to so do you, you think get, get, get Vanderech off the field. could have helped in that situation yeah but it was the same when Leighton was on the field okay. you know it, it's it's been six games in a row he hasn't been out for six games so um, there's got to be some sort of leadership step up there in, in that sense and getting off the field I, and I know that was just an overarching big problem against Philadelphia too seven for 14 on, on third down that they were I believe it was two for two on fourth down so they just got to be able to get off the field and that's that's the toughest thing I look at whenever I look at you know a 10-minute drive a couple of weeks weeks ago, I forget the opponent, but it was a 10 minute drive in a really critical time of the uh, time of the game. And uh, then you look at Philly in the second in the the second half, they started the third quarter, these long methodical drives where they took 10 minutes off the clock in the third quarter with 14 points and had them working from behind and they never caught up. So they just got to get off the field. That's my biggest thing against this defense right now. Do you miss the production of Van Der Esch? No, I don't think so. Because Mm. you look at what Marquise Bell has done. It's been fine. And you, you look at the running game, it's not like there's been a significant change there. Nice. You know, if you look at the
1: field, I would rather have Leighton Van Aresh and Marquise Bell. As yeah. Opposed and to Demone just, Clark. <laughs> yeah. And demone Clark. I think demone Clark's played well. And I liked the intensity. Everybody's talking about Jason Kelsey because the Kelsey name is hot right now. And that's yeah, yeah. just kind of everything. Him yelling at Damone Clark and kind of DeMone just the slow-mo. Damone yeah. De, was in his face all the way through. And a second year player who didn't play a whole yeah. lot last year. That's a grown man. I'm here for it.
4: That's a grown I'm man. I'm here for but it. But the thing is, if Van, so, listen, I'm just asking a question because this is the, on, on the roster. If you don't miss Van Der Esch, do you take somebody off the field to
3: put Van Der Esch back on the field? Because
4: you only use two linebackers.
3: Right. Exactly. I don't think that there's been. I don't exactly. think there's been. The, I, for me, I know that there has not been the drop-off that I thought there would be. No. I'm not I think it would be major, but I thought yeah. there would be a little bit. But to your point, I just think they're so thin at linebacker depth. That it would be nice to have. No, for sure, Banders. I'm saying.
4: But if Benders comes back, does he go back to starting, and you take Marquise Bill off the field? he I yes. mean, he, he would, yeah, absolutely. But,
0: but yeah. when you look into the off season, and you look at some potential things that they can do, and not only in the linebacking core, but at the safety unit as well, you look at um, the one safety that hasn't been signed long term, and Jaron Curse, the starting safety, okay. Jaron Curse. You look at Wandy Thomas has been able to do. You look at what Marquise Bell has been able to do. You're able to slide Leighton Vander Esch back into that linebacking core, and then rely on either Bell or Thomas if they don't want to re-sign Curse. So I, I think there's options that, that Bell could have after this season. But once Leighton Vander Esch is healthy, you have to be able to plug him back in because mm-hmm. he's not only valuable on the field with his with his play, but like his presence as well. You can't take that away. And oh. Bell's never going to live up to that. Not nothing against Bell. Like that's just not yeah. who he is. I'd much rather have Bell speed
1: than Curse. personally. No.
4: Then okay. That's me personally. Sure. I just I think that Bell has stopped a lot of the threats that you that you that you face. Uh, oppo- mm-hmm. You know, uh, opposition. Um, you know, obviously not uh, Akers, but um, Eckler. Oh, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Eckler shut that down. Uh, he was a big big reason why he didn't get off the ground. He's able to go sideline to sideline a lot more effectively than Benderes. He's able to change directions a lot more effectively than Benderes. I feel like Bannerish is relatively stiff. Um, and I think that you're not losing anything um, by having Bell in there. I think you actually gain by having mm-hmm. Bell in there. I think there's assets that he provides that der does not.
1: There are a couple things here that I want to dive into in the final segment. One, with Jay Ronkers. Two, when it, when it comes to... The, the defense as a whole, is it still the front seven that sets the tone, or have we started to see a shift there as well? There's a lot I want to kind of dive into when it comes to the defensive side of the football. I want to remind you one more time, the Frisco Grand Opening coming up on Saturday. Doors open 5 a.m. here in North Frisco at Black Rifle Coffee Company off of FM 423. First 50 in-store customers get a 20-ounce Yeti tumbler and a free batch of brew coffee for a year, comes in the Tumblr, too. I might so. actually
0: be here. I want a Yeti. <laughs> I might actually be here for that. I'll, I'll camp out with you. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's do it. 5 am is going to be early. <laughs> that though. is so. On the one day off we have Just this week. an all-nighter <laughs> with our Black Rifle coffee. Maybe we'll grab a bag and we'll make it work. The, the America's team blend. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll take a look ahead defensively for this Dallas Cowboys team. Get you set for the rest of the week here on Talking Cowboys.
2: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See slash 5G for you for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: back to talking cowboys i'm talking cowboys presented by black rifle coffee company live from the brand new just opened Black Rifle Coffee Company from North Frisco. We're also not only live on site, but we're breaking world records here. Uh, We watched you in that last segment receive that drink. Ryder, by the way, who I did not shout out in the last segment. Ryder, thanks so much for setting all this up. You do a great job. he handed you this drink it's gone it is it is done Mm. i mean there's another one already on the way (laughs) i mean we're gonna we're gonna run back to the star you're gonna pull a a kyle in 2020 and run to the star and back but whenever you whenever you got down to the cayenne pepper did it live up to the expectation
0: it it did i felt it whenever it it got a little kick it was a nice little touch i'd do it again where'd you feel it like right on the tongue right on the tip Mm.
1: John Machoda, <laughs> Isaiah Back, <Standback, laughs> Nick Harris, Chris Bean, Jasmine Marshall. It was great, Marshall. though. out of Thanks, yeah. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> John John wants to leave so bad. John is like the,
0: res- John is like the resident adult on our, on our oh, show. Oh, yeah. so he's just he, I feel oh, like he just looks down on us and all an that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, maybe a oh, little. Nice maybe fire. a little. All right, John, when you're looking at the back half of the schedule, of course, Cowboys five and three now, eight games down, you've got nine to go when it when it comes to the back half of the roster on the defensive side, who needs to continue to step up and, and elevate their game as the year goes along?
3: uh bell, for sure, um, uh, I mean, like we were just talking about before sure. like he has exceeded expectations for what i mean he he showed glimpses in training camp, but we've just seen so many guys show glimpses in training camp, and then once the season starts, they kind of fade a little bit. And he just keeps, yeah, he just keeps taking it to a, to another level. So that's crazy. We were talking about it in training camp. I mean,
1: similar setup, the, the U shape right in front of the field, and we were talking about Wanya Thomas, Marquise Bell, and there are so many times where you do have those camp names that elevate. And then they just don't ever show up and both of those guys have lived up to the expectation.
3: J. Ron is another one. Um, yeah. because we've seen J. Ron Curse play really well over the last few years and Do you think he's played well this year? I, I don't think he's I don't think he's played up to what his standard oh, is yeah. and what he was expecting. I, and, and I say that because, you know, I thought he would be the one that would be that would get the offseason deal and he never did. And I thought that was gonna be like a major You know, like fire lit under him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's – I know he has the ability, but he's the type of guy that he needs to kind of take it to another level for them to step it up on on that back end of the defense. Like, I still think this defense – if you tell me that they make a deep playoff run and go to the Super Bowl – I would point more to the front seven, though. I would say that they would probably have to play lights out. The D-line just would have to be rotating in guys where (laughs) Sam Williams is making an impact, Doran's, everybody on top of D-law and and, and Micah. I think that would be what you have to do to get there. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about who needs to step up on the back end, I I think J-Ron Curse is pretty high on that list. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Curse is my number one. In regards to that, I would like to see the front line continue to improve. But I want Curse to stop, do less talking on behalf of the team. I want to see him do more hitting and more, you know, guarding tight ends. That's
3: Us reporters like it when they talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I just, I mean. No, you're not you alone. Know, I see it a lot on Twitter, people saying the same thing that you're saying. Yeah, just, that, yeah. you know, the, the talking
4: the talking aspect. Just just go out there and hit somebody. Go hit somebody. You're a big safety. Go hit somebody. Make your presence felt. Right now, I don't think anybody fears curse. Curse. You have no reason to fear yeah. a curse. You know, when you think about big safeties, there's there's not a lot of safeties that have come across this league that were his size, that that you that you can really put in the category of feared. You know, there's Cam Chancellor and um, was my man Sean Taylor. There's somebody, yeah. the only handful of big guys. Go hit somebody, right? And 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 make teams be fearful for crossing the middle of the field. And I don't, I haven't felt that from him at all. Nor have I felt like he can totally eliminate. Uh, Threat at the tight end position this
1: year. Sort of how Marquise Bell has been an X factor and been an added plus to this defense this year. Would you say J. Ron Curse was that X factor for Dan Quinn's defenses in 2021 and 2022? Kind of an an unsung hero. You knew Micah Parsons was going to be him. You knew DeMarcus Lawrence was going to have the impact he did, but J. Ron Curse was not expected to be an impact player going into that 2021 season, but he was. Do you feel like maybe that, that new shine, that shimmer from J. Ron Curse is just wear worn off and, and it's a little bit different this time? I just time think around? sometimes guys get comfortable. Okay.
4: And guys lose their drive and they lose that fire. And a lot of times the reason why you see a uh a, a surge in production in contract years is because guys have a have they have a they have a why. Yeah right and their why is very is, is high it's on high highest team right like they're trying to go get that thing because it's their one opportunity, but so, sometimes when guys get comfortable they look, what's like the, what's their drive you know like now we can list out a whole bunch of things in terms of what their why should be and I think that curse falls into that category he should have a lot of why's, but it's just not showing up I'm not seeing it yeah. on the field I can speak from my from my opinion i'm not seeing it. I'm seeing more of this than I'm seeing him playing you know my guy's this,
0: my guy's we ready you know you go go just go have an impact impact. The initial question was somebody on the defense that needs to be able to elevate the rest of the season. For me, it's Jordan Lewis, like far and beyond. Um, I I think he, he found a stride against Philadelphia and uh, the secondary as a whole found a stride against Philadelphia. They did a really good job limiting those weapons and Jalen Hurts only had just over 200 yards passing. But when you look at the season as a whole and the biggest problems that they've had in the secondary, you can point at Jordan Lewis and be like, gosh, if he had just played a little bit better in this instance or that instance, then this would be a different result. Keenan Allen, uh, his matchup against Keenan Allen is the first thing that jumps to mind. Obviously, that wasn't a loss, but you needed to play into that game late because of the way Keenan Allen played in that game. Um, I don't know. I just felt like Jordan Lewis has been kind of a liability at the at nickel at times this season. But at the same time, again, I have to give him credit for bouncing back against Philadelphia, having yeah. some really good moments, but he wasn't perfect. Um, when you look at the cornerback room, and let's let's throw in a healthy Trayvon Diggs into the equation. Let's let's pretend for a second. Unfortunately, um, you look at Jordan Lewis as the biggest liability, and I think it's I think it's a healthy margin. So. That's something you talk about, especially going into next season with the way Deron Bland has been able to step up whenever Trayvon Diggs is healthy again. Do you re-sign Gilmore and put Bland in at nickel, or do you let Gilmore walk and put Bland outside and still trust Jordan Lewis at that nickel? I think that's going to be the biggest thing you look at over the course of the next nine weeks is... Do you trust Jordan Lewis to bring him back, or do you trust Stephon Gilmore more to bring him back? That's a really interesting, like, head-to-head that kind of is cooking up, I think.
3: When you mentioned Jordan Lewis, though, the thing for me, when you, and then when you ask about the back end of the defense, yeah. like, I do think they'll be okay if those three can stay healthy, Jordan yes. Lewis, Deron Bland, Stephon Gilmore. Where I have concerns is if they were to lose one of those guys, whether we're talking just for a half or for the rest of the season, yeah. The next guy up, I think, is a pretty notable drop off there. I think you would have some major concerns there. But if you can keep those three guys together, and and they just keep growing throughout the rest of the season, I think they'll be fine as the season goes on. I don't think that you need more more than them. I think that that is a good quality trio. there obviously would love to have Trayvon Diggs, but sure. It just if you were to lose one of those yep. guys, uh, that's it. Could look like the end of of last season.
0: To that same point, if you lose a guy on the boundary, Gilmore or Deron Bland. Yeah. Then you're looking at Nayshawn Wright or Noah Igbinogeni to fill in on the boundary. If you if you lose Jordan Lewis at the nickel, then you're looking at Daron swinging in yep. and still having that opportunity. But there's also Wanya Thomas as kind of the wild card in that situation. I think he could be able to play nickel. You'd be able to trust him in that moment, but he would have to he would have to be able to step up and do that.
1: Isaiah's face <clears throat> says otherwise.
0: Go back to preseason. Look what he was
1: able to do at mm. nickel, and there was there was a lot of opportunities. He said, where "Check he, the tape, Isaiah. Nick's he, ready." He, he said, up. Check the tape. Not against, it. Not against <laughs> it. I mean, we saw last year from, from Israel Nick Mukwamu. <laughs> Israel Mukwamu filled in that corner whenever John John's situation down the stretch came to fruition. And you had to, to have an emergency cornerback. Now, he played it in college. Wanye has always been a safety, so making that switch would be a little bit tougher. But definitely not something that I think Cowboys fans want to get to. Definitely, They want Jordan Lewis to continue to stay healthy and then step up in that regard and continue to play better as the season goes along. You mentioned Keenan Allen. Did y'all see the catch Keenan Allen made last night? 10,000 yards. Oh my gosh, that thing was nuts. When when we talk about top receivers in the yes. week, and I feel
0: like it's been like this for like a decade. Yeah. Keenan Allen's name never gets brought up, and it's, it's consistency. wild. It's just a model of... Him and Mike Evans, just model yeah. of consistency throughout their careers. He made so an wild.
1: insane catch. You should look it up. Yeah. I'm shocked you didn't it was, see it. It
3: was insane.
1: The, it, for his even Joe years. Buck almost lost his mind yeah. in like a non-factor game, and that takes a lot.
3: For, <laughs> for Let's just say I had a super late flight out of Philadelphia. That's true. I didn't, I didn't get back here. This is probably the latest I ever got back here. So.
1: Really? Yeah. Just hey, you gotta talk to your Philly private jet. Philly cheesesteaks? I mean, G- what was... We'll
3: talk talk about it after this. We'll talk about it? Okay. All right.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. Well, hey, one more time, special thanks to Black Rifle Coffee here in North Frisco for hosting us today. This has been so much fun. We've gotten a chance to to really interact and uh, have some great coffee, by the way. 5 a.m. on Saturday, November 11th, North Frisco off of FM 423 be here for the grand opening. Cowboys cheerleaders, Rowdy, Charlotte Jones will be in attendance. And of course, uh, we'll, we'll do some salute to service as well. Nick Harris will be in attendance. I'll see if I can wake <laughs> up in the morning. I'm not going to promise anything, but I'll, 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 see what I can do. Uh, salute to service all throughout the week for veterans day as well. So, uh, thank you to, to the troops. And for those that serve, uh, there's lots of that throughout here at black rifle coffee. And then of course, the Dallas Cowboys you got the America's team blend. You can pick that up on Saturday and, of course, continue to watch Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee as the season goes along. For John Machoda, for Isaiah Stamback, for Nick Harris, Chris Beam, Matt Kent, Jasmine Marshall, Ryder in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Black Rifle Coffee. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about you, Cowboys? Yeah!